regardless of what level that you're at, if you're more flexible, if you're more stable, if you're stronger, it's going to make you a better golfer, better body, better golfer, better body, better dancer, better body, better runner. You can just insert whatever you want there. Well, hello, ladies and gents out there. Your guy, Jason Dennis, here with another rendition or episode of the Run the Race podcast. We talk pretty much on a weekly basis about fitness and or faith, all kinds of things to help us improve uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, and hopefully uh, entertaining at the same time. We have a, uh, a former uh, golfer from Ireland uh, joining us today, and uh, he also has uh, competed in Spartan races, is a personal trainer, going to help motivate you to uh, get up and get moving. He says movement is medicine, and uh, you know, good timing to talk to him because this week is the Masters, a tradition like none other in Augusta, Georgia, just down the road from us here in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, not far from Atlanta either. And I've actually had a chance, the honor to go to the Masters twice on practice rounds on a Wednesday and uh, kind of walk the grounds and see famous golfers like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas. Tiger is there today, and we're going to talk a little bit about him in our conversation today, along with Rory McIlroy going for that um, you know grand slam for his career. And, and uh, so uh, looking forward to that, you know, and, and I actually uh, gave up the sport of golf for several years, just been busy with running and family and work and everything else. And But I played uh, earlier this year a few times and golf is a very humbling sport, uh, a lot harder than it looks to uh, swing a metal club and try to hit the ball, you know, 100 yards or 300 yards down uh, the middle of the fairway, not going into the woods. Uh, oftentimes I'd be searching for my ball and lose about three, four, ten of them during a round of golf, but uh, golf can, can get expensive, and if you want to play 18 holes, you're talking about a commitment of four or five hours, but this morning I did run for almost three hours, about 16 miles, training for my next marathon, which will be in Kansas, state number 22, about two and a half weeks from now, so looking forward to giving you that race recap coming up uh, at the end of this month or maybe in early May, a Wizard of Oz themed race, so looking forward to that. And uh, speaking of races, um, you know, we have uh, Chris Kendrick on with us today who uh, has uh, been doing obstacle course races for the last six years, competing in Spartan. We talk about a 24-hour challenge that he was in several years ago. Uh, Chris is the owner of his own company. Uh, name appropriate is Chris Kendrick Human Performance. Uh, he works out, out of predominantly Catalyst Fitness in Buckhead, Atlanta. And uh, he has worked in the fitness industry since 2008, so a lot of experience, 15 years in this industry. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about our story when we uh, have our conversation, but uh, about a decade ago, almost 10 years to the day, he helped me. I was trying to get my body fat index mass index down, and he helped me get it down to about 12 or 13% with some nutrition advice. Worked with me as a personal trainer for about three months here in Columbus, and uh, really helped me out, and that can you know help start me on a running journey, and uh, not having to diet all the time. I've stayed at the same weight, not going back up to above 200 pounds, which I was at. Now I'm kind of stabilizing at about 180 pretty consistently. 
So uh, Chris, and you'll hear from his accent, he is from Ireland and uh, played the game of golf at a high level in the junior ranks, um, and in fact, representing his province and his country as a junior in Ireland. He played for Columbus State University for their golf team from 2004 to 2006 under the tutelage of Coach Mark Emmelman, who has been a previous guest on this Run the Race podcast several years ago, if you can check that out. Uh, he has his Master's in Business Administration from CSU, which is, again, down here in West Georgia, south of Atlanta. And uh, he has had the plant chance to play at Augusta National uh, and loves the game of golf. And uh, we're going to talk to him about what it's like to play at that magical place. And he is an active member of the Atlanta Gaelic football team. You may ask, what is Gaelic football? It's a combination of about three or four sports, pretty rough sports, as it sounds. He's going to talk to us about that. And uh, he's going to talk a lot to us about, um, you know, what the challenges uh, that his clients and that all of us face in terms of getting fit, having that motivation, uh, you know, and making those small changes, not a bunch of changes at one time. And also, how can we be consistent? with us and does one size fits all one of those plans will it work for us or not he talks about that we also talk about the mental side of sports like golf and uh, when we face injuries and adversity as well Uh, he also was a competitor in something that i'm in right now dancing stars of columbus it's like dancing with the stars but we raise money for alzheimer's and and learn how to dance and have a pro partner he did that Four years ago, something I'll be doing about a week from now, so you'll get a report from me about that. Chris uh, has continued to advance his knowledge of human movement and performance by uh, getting uh, several certifications and specializations uh, with elite organizations like the National Strength and Conditioning Association, the Titleist Performance Institute, USA Weightlifting, Hard Style Kettlebell, and Evidence-Based Fitness Academy Barefoot Training. So he's got a lot of experience, a lot of expertise, more than I do for sure. So here's my conversation with uh, Chris Kendrick, the man from Ireland. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for uh, being with us, joining us uh, from Atlanta via Zoom. Good to be here, Jason. Thanks very much for having me. It's good to see you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. We're going to talk about that a little bit and talk about you know workouts and injuries and the mental side of sports and uh, your uh, Gaelic football uh, playing and when, since you're almost 40 years old. But I wanted to start off, <laughs> this, uh, this is Master's Week uh, when this episode comes yeah. out, and, uh, you know, just down the road from both of us in Augusta. And so uh, um, I want to talk a little bit later about, you know, Master's Golf and, and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I understand you had a chance maybe numerous times to play Augusta National, a very magical place. Uh, tell us, for those of us, listening or watching that have not played there before what what's it like uh it is everything that you could imagine and more it's it's an amazing place once once you go through um through that gate just the world changes it's just an an unbelievable place and the golf course is as you can imagine it's just immaculate there's nothing out of place um it's it's just a, an amazing spot and and I'm very grateful to be, to be able to play there um a few times and it's that that first tee shot is one of the most nerve-wracking experiences I've had I'm not going to lie um because you kind of step on there and you realize oh my gosh I'm actually here <laughs> and uh so just trying to make contact basically is uh, is kind of all that's in your head at that point and just try to get it somewhere down 
the first fairway and uh, and just enjoy it from that point forward. But it's 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 incredible, absolutely incredible. Well, and you're not the average golfer. I mean, you play, you know, college golf. You represented your country, um, you know, playing playing golf. And, um, and and speaking of your country, for those listening and maybe thinking, you know, well, it doesn't sound like – Chris doesn't sound like he's from Georgia. You, you, you've been here in the U.S. for almost 20 years, but you're originally from Ireland. So your accent is yeah. still you, – you're still holding on to the native land, right? Yeah, I still have it. Um, it. If you were to if you were to ask that to my family and friends, they would probably disagree with you. <laughs> um, anytime I go home, I get quite a bit of flack from family and friends about about uh, my accent. Right now, it's probably a hybrid. I would say um, it's definitely not as thick as it was when I first came over um, back in two thousand and four. So, but have you have you uh, said? Do you say y'all at all or? No, that's one of the words that I have uh, that I have not uh, caved to just yet. But <laughs> there, most of the others I have, but I haven't quite quite uh, caved to that one just yet. Yeah, and uh, you know, I alluded to it a little bit in the intro, and you mentioned it as well. How you know, you and I, it was almost exactly ten years ago um, this month that um, you know you and I worked together. You were my personal trainer for three months um, at Diverge Fitness here in Columbus, Georgia. A great. Uh, boutique fitness place, very individualized attention. And uh, you really were working with me to get my, you know, my body fat, my BMI down and to really kind of get that core strength and learn how to eat the correct car- good carbs versus the bad carbs. Um, and, um, but now, you know, I've been, I'm more of a runner for the last 10 years. And the question I have for you is, you know, for people who do amateur sports, whether they be, a, you know, just a, a novice runner, or they play golf on a regular basis, like a lot of folks do. Or they maybe they, you know, they do dance kind of group workout classes. Or insert your sport here. Folks may think, okay, well, I can go golfing and that's good enough exercise for me. Or I can go running. So, you know, what are there benefits to doing core and strength training while doing those things? Definitely, yeah. I think I think the benefits uh, to working out are across the, the they apply to every sport they apply to even if you're not playing sport just everyday life and, and just getting through acti- activities of daily, daily living um but yeah there's so many advantages to to working out to um and it being like a support structure to what you're doing um like you said whether it be golf or running or or, or dancing which i know you've got a, a big dance coming up here soon <laughs> which we'll talk about we've got some uh We've got some synergy there on that one, um, but uh, but yeah, no, there's it, it's it's vitally important um, for it because as you do these activities or sports, you start to develop imbalances, and so working out is going to help kind of keep those things in line, and also it's going to help it's going to help you perform better at whatever you're doing, whatever sport you're doing, whatever activity that you're doing, because it's going to make that foundation stronger. And if you're, for example, if you're a golfer, regardless of what level that you're at, if you're more flexible, if you're more stable, if you're stronger, it's going to make you a better golfer, better body, better golfer, better body, better dancer, better body, better runner. You can just insert whatever you want there after better body. It's going to make you um, better at whatever you're doing. And you've worked in the fitness industry since uh, 2008. Um, so the last, um, you know, uh, 15 plus years 
And, um, you know, I was asking you off mic about some of the challenges that your clients face. And you gave me kind of two C words, uh, change, uh, which if it happens too fast and consistency. So t- talk about that a little bit about yeah. um, the things that people maybe we don't think about, you know, we want to go work out or run or um, go play a, a round of golf, but maybe you don't think about like the, the things that can really hurt us in the long run. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're two, the two of those things are very uh, closely related um, with regards to change. Number one, change is extremely difficult, right? I think we all could, can agree on that, whether it's fitness habits, nutrition habits, you can, you know, insert whatever you want into that, whatever you're doing in life. If you're trying to change something, it's, it's tough to do it. And so one of the things that happens quite a lot is when people are trying to change something with their health and fitness, they more often than not try to do too much too soon. And this is extremely common around New Year's time when and the resolutions come up and it's a time when people are very motivated and uh, this is going to be the year, you know, that's that they're, they're ready to go. Unfortunately, motivation is fleeting, right? Um, If you're, if you're, everything's going smooth, if you're in a good mood, everything around you in life is going nicely, then it's a lot easier to do that stuff and do all of these things at once. But what happens if, you have a poor night's sleep or if you've got kids and one of the kids is sick or something's going on at work and then something gets thrown into the mix that unsettles things, that's when things can start to go awry, especially if you're trying to do too much too soon as opposed to trying to focus on maybe just one or two things and just stack them on top of each other as you go throughout the year. And like I said, the change and the consistency go almost hand in hand because if you can almost kind of back back up a little bit from trying to do too much. And like I said, focus on one or two things at a time for maybe, you know, maybe you do one thing a month and you just focus on that for the for the full month, maybe sleep one month. Maybe uh, you focus on trying to eat a little bit more protein the next month. Maybe you try to um, try to get in three workouts a week the next month. And if you start adding those on top of each other, by the time you're at December 31st, you're going to be a completely different person. And you're going to be more consistent because, again, if it's all there, like if you're trying to do all 12 things in one shot, there's very few people on the face of the earth that can do that. Yeah. And you hear so much nowadays, especially kind of coming out of the COVID pandemic and and mental health being at the forefront now, this work-life family balance. And I'm sure you talk to your clients about that as the uh, owner of Chris Kendrick uh, Human Performance, you know, the, the, so how do you, how do folks, I mean, cause some people say, I just don't feel like I have time to go to the gym or I don't have time to work out or, 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 you know, get on the treadmill or the stairs or whatever. So how, how do you get that consistency if you have this busy life and you need that rest? Yeah. I mean, I think with regards to, well, with regards to the work and outside of things, if, 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 scheduling is a problem if there's you know too, if you feel like too much is going on getting to the gym is an issue try to set something up to where you can you can do it at your own house um if you've got a room that you can go to that's away from everything else so you can designate it to it um and also you don't even have to have equipment right i mean you can do a lot with your own body weight and and just making it making it as simple as possible is is a huge part of it um 
both with exercise and nutrition. It's trying to make it as simple as possible. So again, you can have that consistency with what you're trying to do. Um, and if it's only like if, you know, if, if a, a des- particular day or a particular week just goes completely crazy on you, have maybe a set of five to 10 movements that you can fall back on that you can spend maybe even five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes that you can carve out to at least get moving a little bit because any sort of movement that you do is going to make you feel better both mentally and physically. Yeah. And you, and you could do that while you're watching something on Netflix or whatever else, or watching a soccer game or whatever else, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, when you and I worked together, you know, you were helping me, you know, I had kind of done the yo-yo diets and I was all the way up to 205 pounds and wanted to get back down, but, but not just get back down 20 or 30 pounds. I wanted to get down there and and stay there, which is the one, some of the hardest part. And you were talking again off mic about how there's all these plans or people can look up stuff and there's this one size fits all plan where it comes to strength training or training for a race or whatever else. And those can be okay, but you know, we all are different in terms of our, our makeup mentally, physically um, we're stronger in one area versus another. So, you know, does the one size fits all, is that something that, you know, for somebody that's an expert in this, do you say that's a no, 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 I don't think it's a no-no. I think it goes back to, again, though, it, it, I would just do whatever works for you. If it's working for you, then absolutely continue doing it. Um, but if you're doing something, if you're trying to get to a certain goal with your health and fitness and you've been doing something for an extended period of time and it's not quite getting you to where you want to be, it might be time to think about doing something different. However, if it's working for you, keep on doing it. The old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, applies here big time. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're, if it's working, keep doing it. <laughs> and, wh- and what is the advantage of, you know, of, of hiring a personal trainer? Because a lot of folks say, okay, that's an extra expense, you know, on top of my gym membership or whatever else. Uh, what, what, are, what are some of the things that people can really truly get out of that? Yeah, so I think a big one is accountability. Um, that, and that's, again, that's, that's for some... Some people do need the accountability. Some people don't. Again, that's it's just we're all different, right? But it is a big one um, for for most people, um, especially if you're trying to achieve something with regards to weight loss, or maybe some people are trying to put on some muscle and actually gain weight, or if it's for performance for a certain sport or whatever it might be, um, and and having that expertise there to be able to guide you in the right direction, both. From a physical standpoint, uh, you were talking about earlier how we're, you know, we're not all the same. And so, you know, certain workouts might not be suitable for you if you're trying to achieve a certain goal and depending on how you move as well. There's, there's so many different factors that um, hiring a trainer uh, puts you in a, in a very good position to be able to navigate some of those potential pitfalls. And then if you've got, you know, if you're feeling maybe a little bit demotivated or if you have questions on anything or anything like that, you've got somebody, you've got a voice there and somebody um, kind of beside you the whole way that can encourage you um, towards what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, do you deal a lot with the physical side of, you know, people playing golf, doing different sports, wanting to be healthier, no matter if they're 20 years old or 70 years old or whatever. Um, But there's also the mental side of it. And you talk, you know, you, 
words like motivation or demotivation and consistency and, um, and, and it's kind of um, making things a habit and, and having that mindset that I'm going to go work out today. I'm going to go run today. Um, I'm going to, you know, uh, get better at this part of my golf game today. So, you know, how does that play into it? Because you, you obviously deal with a lot of the physical parts of it, but mental is, is just as or maybe more important. It's, it's probably, I would say it's maybe more important, Jason, to be honest with you, because you can have, or if, from, from my perspective as the, as the trainer, I can have the, the fanciest workout program, the best nutrition plan. I can have everything, you know, exactly where it needs to be from a scientific standpoint. However, if I can't convince the person or get them on the same page as me and, and us going together, then none of it really matters, right? So understanding the understanding what motivates each person, their personality, you know, different th- different things. People respond differently, right? And so that's that's both one of the biggest challenges of the job, but it's also one of the most fun parts of the job as well because every person that I work with is is different, and I have to try and figure out, okay, well, what makes this person tick, or what do I think may get this person moving in the in the right direction um and so it makes the job actually a, a lot it's it's a fun job anyway but that's one of the parts of the job that makes it um a lot of fun is trying to unlock that um so to speak and you know and and talking about like you know with the masters this week elite athletes um in that sport and you've had the chance to work with larry mize here in columbus you know former yeah. master and and uh one of his uh you know uh, when you were working with him one of his first professional events 17 years uh back in 2010 and uh you know so with with these golfers i mean they have different coaches in terms of like maybe a personal trainer and they have you know their caddy and and different coaches that help them how important is that i mean because like you said even for you standing on that first tee i mean do you think it's like that for you know for these guys um you know that at the top level of golf that they get nervous or they are they just so used to that stage no i think i think they all get nervous still i mean um i i think if any of them tell you that they're standing on that first tee on augusta national or at augusta national on thursday um, and they're not a little bit nervous. I, I don't think they're telling you the truth. Um, and they, they admit that themselves as well. You know, I mean, I guarantee if you, if you, if you were to ask them after the round, were you nervous starting on the first tee? I mean, I, I guarantee you they would say yes. Um, and so, yeah, I think they've got a whole team around them these days uh, covering every single thing that needs to be covered. There, there's no stone left unturned um with those um with those players these days and uh, they've got every bit of support they need and uh, the physical part of it is a huge component that uh, you know you may i'm not sure if you've watched any of the documentary that's come out on netflix recently called full swing and oh, yeah. um, that yeah and so you'll if, if for for anyone that's listening to this if you um if you have seen it you, you you'd have seen that almost every episode there is some sort of um part of it that's showing the players working out um, and it's, it's just part and parcel of the game game. Now it used to be, it used not be, but now it's like, I mean, every, they're all doing it. They're absolutely all doing it. And even it, it, of course it's at varying levels, right? Some of them are doing more than others, but I think um, you, you could probably say that if it's not a hundred percent of them are doing it, it's, it's pretty close. 
And as somebody that does this for a living, I mean, what do you think about that in terms of the changing trend of golf? It's more people you you see guys like, you know, obviously, you know, Bryson DeChambeau may be one of the forerunners of it and kind of got the guns, you know, the, the big, the big, big muscles, which is not your, you know, typical what you think of for golf. But do you think yeah. that it, do you think it's like a trend or it's something that's maybe here to stay? No, I think it's here to stay. I think all these, I think all these players now are becoming just better and better athletes. And we've seen this in other sports um, and continue to see it in other sports as well. And and I think there was this kind of, um, there was always this thought that golf was different and that, you know, you're kind of just walking around or even if you're in a golf cart, you're just driving around, you're hitting a ball and then you're, walking a little bit and then you do it again and it's not really you know there's not much athleticism involved but there's actually a lot of it involved and there's a massive amount of uh force produced when you hit a golf ball regardless of what level that you're at and so it makes sense that you'd be physically prepared to do that in order to be able to do it better and do it more consistently and then also to prevent injury as well of course and you you hear the the phrase hitting the long ball. That's usually associated with baseball, but uh, hitting yeah. with home run. But you know, I mean, obviously the the drive is is something that you know kind of is very appealing to the viewer. So so I guess yeah. uh, I I didn't I didn't warn you about this. So what is Chris Kendrick's furthest drive? What do you have a number there? Gosh, the, the furthest one I'm not sure of. Uh, it, <laughs> It was probably assisted by a little bit of wind and a little bit of uh, a little bit of downhill. But no, I mean, um, if I catch one now these days, it I can probably get it out there. Um, I mean, it's definitely over three hundred. Um, okay. If if I catch one, um, and maybe 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 three ten, three fifteen, something like that. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's not too bad. <laughs> but, but we're not going to see you on the the Masters on the PGA Tour anytime. <laughs> No, no, that ship has sailed. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah, and uh, well, and speaking of ship sailing, now obviously with golf, the the number one, um, you know, kind of story and uh, continues to be and has been for decades is Tiger Woods, and and you know yeah. he obviously dealt with a, a lot of injuries and adversity and age kind of catching up with him. And so, um, you know, when you see that, I mean, do you like, do you think clients that you deal with, can they relate to that? I mean, they can't maybe relate to Tiger Woods and his fame and his money and his talents, but the fact that what he's going through and just trying to get out of that rut and try to get approach back up to where he was. Yeah. I think in his case, I think, um, yeah, he like you said, he's been through a lot. He's had so many surgeries, and then obviously that car crash has made a huge impact on on uh, on his body, in particular that leg. Um, but no, look, I think um, there's. I don't think there's any there's any reason why everybody should be trying to do something for as long as they can. You know, there's uh, again another kind of another. Um, uh, cliche statement or a statement you hear often is movement movement is medicine and like it really is the longer that you can keep doing it the better off you're going to be later in life whether it be preventing things like falls or you know if you've got grandchildren and, and you're able to pick up your grandchildren you're able to play with your grandchildren there's one there was one um that comes to mind now as you said that there was a 
it was a commercial that I saw, I think it was back around Christmas time, I think. And I can't remember what the, who the commercial was for, but anyway, there was this, there was this older guy in, in the commercial and he, he was not, you know, he was in pretty bad shape. And then he started to, he started to try and lift this kettlebell kind of out in the, out in one of his sheds out the back of his house. And he was kind of doing it in the winter time. And he kept trying to lift this kettlebell and he started off and he couldn't lift it. And, but he kept on trying, he kept on trying. And finally he could lift the kettlebell up and then push the kettlebell up like this, up over his head like that. Mm. And the family, the family couldn't really understand like, well, why, why are you doing this? There was no real reason he ever said anything until Christmas close to christmas uh, again in the commercial the, the the family comes in his his daughter and granddaughter come in and they're after putting up the christmas tree and they're putting the angel on the top of the tree and the granddad picks up the kid just like he picked up the kettlebell so he could lift his grand uh, granddaughter up so she could put the angel on the top of the tree and that's like a perfect example right there of of why fitness is so important and how it can have such a massive impact on someone's life yeah movement is medicine it's not just we're not just talking about sports or being fit or thin it's it's kind of being able to to live your life to its fullest right exactly exactly so and um and with that with you know with the adversity you know um how do you um you know you know with injuries Sometimes people play a sport or go to work out at the gym and the mindset is, I don't want to get injured. I want to do things, you know, so I'm, you're maybe playing it safe, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what's the difference between that versus kind of pushing yourself and kind of being on that edge a little bit? Is there a, is there, a, you know, there's two schools of thought, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, we talked about, we talked about, um uh, working with a personal trainer earlier. I mean, I think that's where a personal trainer is incredibly valuable. Again, um, being able to do some initial assessment to see where you're at and, and be able to give you a gauge of, right, okay, well, here's here's where you're starting. So it probably doesn't make sense to maybe venture over here right now. Let's Let's work over here for a little bit until you're at a level to where you can maybe go a little bit further down the swimming pool um to use an analogy you know maybe you stay in the shallow end and then start to move up to the middle and then eventually you're able to swim in in the deep end um and so again it goes back to um everyone's different but i think you need to try and figure out where exactly you're at uh, initially from a fitness level and then um build a program accordingly um either with a trainer or if you decide to get into uh just a kind of a general generalized program this maybe start off on the little bit on the lighter side and move your way up now for for chris kendrick are you a play it safe safe guy are you a (laughs) go go to the edge and if i get injured uh i i am um i'm probably a more go to the edge type guy to be honest with you um to my detriment at times (laughs) to my (laughs) detriment at times well, I know uh, where you're from, Ireland. Gaelic football is obviously, you know, huge. Um, but it's, yeah. you know, it's uh, kind of got uh, growing in popularity, you know, here in the states as well. And you're part of the uh, yeah. the club um, in in Atlanta, um, and uh, still an active member. Uh, and uh, yeah. I will be maybe into your 40s and beyond. 
Um, and that's you guys, the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> you guys compete at the national level. So, I mean, is that something yeah. that you, you know, I mean, are you um, dealing with a potential injury every time you're out there or the way you play? Yeah. Oh, def- yeah, definitely. So, um, for those that are not familiar with Gaelic football, it's, um, it's like a, if you were to put the skills of soccer, rugby, basketball and volleyball and you throw them in a blender, it would give you Gaelic football. So it's like a mixture of all these sports. Um, it's it's not as physical and as rough as rugby, um, but it's definitely a lot more physical than what soccer is. And so, yeah, it can get it can get quite aggressive depending on who which teams we're playing against as well. That's uh, <laughs> that also dictates how rough it gets. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and the position that I play, and I, I play in midfield, which is where um, a, a decent amount of the action happens, and so there are definitely quite a few opportunities for things to go wrong. But you can't you can't think about things going going wrong, otherwise you'll do nothing. So, um, you know, I, I I really don't think about that. I'm I'm just trying to win. <laughs> no, no, no pads or anything. Is that correct? No, no, no pads, no pads. Uh, definitely a gum shield, though, just uh, in case there's any head-to-head contact. Um, don't want to be losing any teeth or getting a um, a preventable concussion or something like that. But uh, but no, it's, it's no pads. Yeah, but I mean, having extra muscle or that core strength, I imagine you know, with a sport like that, um, yeah. is extremely valuable. It is, yeah, very much so. The Gaelic football is kind of unique a unique sport in that it's a little bit of a hybrid from a physical demand standpoint. You need to have quite a bit of an endurance. Um, You need to be pretty fast as well, but you also need to be fairly strong to be able to deal with the, uh, the, the, the physical component, because like I said, it does kind of get rough at times. And, uh, and if I remember correctly, my memory is, is, is not as good as it used to be, but if I remember correctly, 10 years ago when we were doing your personal training and, and I was trying to eat better and, uh, and I was doing couch to 5k as well. And I think you gave me a little bit of a hard time about running, like, you know, well, you know, you can't just do running cause you know, it, it can create issues, but now you're doing these Spartan races, obstacle course races. So tell me about that, how you got into that. And, and, and I guess you're still doing Spartans or other type, uh, like mud runs or. Yeah. So I got into the Spartan races probably, Oh, it's maybe six or seven years ago. A buddy of mine got like a group on and he's like, let's go check this out. It's in Columbus and uh, out of Fort Benning. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, let's go try it out. And then I, I strangely enough got uh, for a period of time, I got really into it. I was traveling around the U S to certain to different places doing it. It's not quite to that extent now. I've kind of drifted. It's drifted down a bit. But um, one of the things that really kind of pulled me in, though, was from a running stand. I'm not really a huge fan personally of of just running by itself. I just it's just not something that I really like that much. Although I've gotten into it a little bit more here now since I moved up to Atlanta. But I like I like running as long as there's things to do along the way, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Obstacle course racing fit that bill and also Gaelic football and, and, and soccer, which I, I, I still play Gaelic football, a little bit of soccer too, but that fits that bill too, where you're running, but there's stuff to do along the way. So I'm occupied. So um, yeah, the obstacle course racing pulled me in for that reason. And um, it was, it, you know, it was a lot of fun um, physically demanding, obviously, and then mentally as well. Like you, you go to, you go to some dark places sometimes in your head (laughs) 
when you're like you, you just want to walk away and so you, you you're having that kind of internal conversation with yourself the voice is telling you to stop but you have to try and fight against it and keep going um so yeah there's there was a lot of um a lot of fun times with it like i said i'm not really doing it as much uh, as much now um but uh, i'll still do a few here especially if they're if they're close to atlanta i'll do a few yeah, well, I can relate because I early on in my marathon running, you know, three or four hours in, sometimes you, your your mind says, okay, well, you can just lay down on the pavement, curl up in a fetal position, and just just you'll be happy uh, doing that. Yep. This is keeping moving, but uh, but you got to keep moving. And uh, you were also telling me about a uh, a twenty four event uh, back in twenty twenty that um, yeah, that I yeah. Won and really taught you a lot of lessons. Tell, tell me about that. Was this a yeah this a obstacle course thing or yeah, so this was, uh, it was, yeah, it was back in, it was in uh, the fall of 2020. Um, and so Spartan does these, they obviously, Spartan Spartan Race has the, the normal obstacle course races that they do at varying distances, but they also have these kind of ultra uh, events as well. And one of them is, it's a 24-hour event and it's not a race, it's more, um, it's 24 hours basically of, uh, you know you have instructors base it's kind of similar to some stuff that you see on on some um on tv sometimes where they have like military instructors just getting people doing all sorts of stuff it's kind of similar to that um and so we had like i think we had three or four instructors that that during that 24 hours and basically we we um we were given a we were given a list of items we needed to bring like gear and we showed up in Conyers, um, close here to Atlanta, basically um, in the woods at eight o'clock on a Friday night. And we didn't leave till it was almost nine o'clock the following night. And we were basically out in the woods um, doing everything and anything uh, that was physically and mentally demanding, both individual um, individual things and then also things that we had to do as a team. And but one of the, the what happened um, that I mentioned to you about a, it was a big learning experience was we were about we were about 15 or 16 hours in, I would say, to this thing. And um, we were told we had like a kind of a, a central station where we could keep all our gear. And the instructors told us, OK, we're leaving in we're leaving in five minutes. We're not telling you where we're going. We're not telling you what we're doing. And we're not telling you when you're coming back. So you can either take a chance and bring very little with you because then you've got obviously less to carry. Um, or you can bring as, as much as you want as what you think you'll need. And so I took a little bit of food with me, like just some gels and stuff. And I kind of took, rolled the dice a little bit. And uh, so... They, they took us out to the woods and they took us to one of the trails that were in the, were in the woods there. And, and so everyone's exhausted, right? We're 16 hours in mentally and physically just beat up. And so we get to the, the, the way that we were, we were positioned in this kind of um, area that they had us with all of our gear and stuff where I was stationed. I just happened to be the first line of people that went and then everybody followed. So by, just by look, I was at the front of the group. There was about, I think there was about 50 or 55 of us left at that point, which was less than what started because people dropped um, yeah. throughout throughout the night. That's just the way these things work. You can drop at any time you want. 
and there were several that dropped. And so, um, so we get to the, we get to the beginning of the trail and they're like, okay, just follow the trail. We're not telling you how long it is, but you know, we, you'll know when you're done. And so I'm at the front and I'm, so they're saying, okay, well, fast people to the front because you're going to be leading the charge. And I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm here by just by fluke. And I'm like looking around, nobody's moving. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm front of the front of the group here. And this is coming from somebody who's not really a runner. Like I, you know, I don't have this massive base underneath me to be this um, really good endurance runner. And so I'm at the front of the group and it's myself and this other girl and, and we kind of break away from the group and we start talking a little bit as we're going and she's like are you a runner and i'm like not really to be honest with you and i'm like what about yourself she's like yeah i do quite a few marathons and half marathons and i'm like i have no business being here <laughs> and uh but at the same time that it, it you know there's something switches right to where you're like i got forced into this position in a way by fluke but when i got there i was like well i don't care how much you run you're not beating me <laughs> and so yeah. You know the competitive the 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 competitiveness came came out of me big time, but also it showed me, like in my head I was telling myself physically I'm done. I was far from done, and if if I had my own way I'd be back in the pack, and um, with with you know with most of the other crew, not thinking that I could keep up that pace. But I it was a t it ended up being a 10k trail run is what it ended up being, and I won it in a canter. And, uh, but again, it's just, it was a huge lesson for me that you think you're done, but you're far from being done. It's that yeah. battle that you're having in your mind. You're, the voice is telling you you've done enough. You've done enough. Just chill out, take a break, but it, you're far from it. And that was a, a, just a huge example for me that day. Um, and it's, it's one that stuck with me a lot. It, 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 it sticks with me anytime I'm doing a training session now myself if i'm out for a run or if i'm doing you know a session in the gym and i'm like i don't feel like it i'm too tired i'm like well you won a 10k after 16 hours in the woods you can do this and i've i've lent on that one quite a lot it was it was a huge um huge learning experience for me yeah a good lesson in life that you're capable of doing more than you think you oh just my have gosh, yes Trust in the process and, and put in the work uh, ahead of time and you'll get there. You've yeah. got about five minutes left, Chris. Uh, I'm going to want about the ma Masters uh, coming up. But also, um, you, you were talking about us having synergy with uh, Dancing Stars, of, which is uh, people know Dancing with the Stars. So back about four years ago, you were one of the stars that competed in this. Speaking of being out of your comfort zone and maybe not not belonging like myself as well, uh, with uh, I'm one of the stars this year. I'm going to be performing a week from now. Um, so um, how did that – you finished third overall from the judges. So you, yeah. you're a personal trainer and a golfer. So dancer is not something that you're not uh, – that's not normal for you? No, that's no, 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 not at all. Way, way, way outside my comfort zone. Um, but it was an amazing experience and, and no regrets. Um, it really was a lot of fun. It was terrifying. I, I'll be honest. Um, I was talking earlier about being nervous on the first tee when I played Augusta National for the first time. Um, though that and I, maybe the dancing with um, Stars of Columbus probably eclipses that. Um, <laughs> 
because but uh, you look uh, uh, we we had prepared a lot for it i know you're, you're you've been through you're going through that right now there's a lot of preparation put into it and, and i had a very very patient um very patient uh, uh dance partner with me she was awesome and uh it was it was a fantastic experience um and uh yeah, I wish you. I wish you all the best. It's a lot of fun, and it's for a great cause as well. I mean, there's so much money raised. The community there in Columbus are so supportive of that event. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's awesome. I I I really had a great time with it. I'm looking forward to it. I I, I think I'm going to have the same reaction you did. At the end, hands raised, eyes closed, yes. full hearts, yes. kind of like. Ah, oh, it's done. Now I cannot dance anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, last thing, um, you know, and like you said, it, it, we raised money for Alzheimer's for that, and uh, I've raised twenty thousand so far. I'm still raising money. That's and great. That's it's awesome. really awesome event. Awesome cause. And um, we got in the next couple of days. Got Masters Golf coming up. So, what are you as? You know, as a, a golfer yourself who has you know played the game at pretty high levels, and um, as a you know an instructor and a personal trainer, what are you looking forward to in terms of watching you watching uh, the Masters and and uh, kind of are you looking for certain people, certain golfers, or just uh, you know certain things overall? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I want Rory to win it, like a lot of people I think want Rory to win it. Um, that would be, it would be, he would deserve it, of course. Um, he deserves a green jacket for sure. Um, he would be an incredibly. Uh, Rory, Rory McElroy, for those who maybe are not. Rory McElroy, yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see him win it. Um, he, he, he would be very deserving of it. He would be an incredibly popular winner over there. They love him over there. Um, and he's so popular over here with the, um, with the American fans and with fans all around the world. And so definitely be watching him, hoping he's at least in the mix come Sunday. And um, cause I think if he's in the mix, I think he could, he could, uh, he could get the job done. Um, Columbus has got a, a quite a big presence this year with, I know Russell Henley is living in Columbus now and Larry Mize, of course. And then also Ben Carr as well as, um, as an amateur is playing too. So be definitely following, um, following with interest to see how those guys do um but in addition to rory as well there's we've got four irish playing um we've got an amateur ourselves that's playing as well who won the u.s mid amateur last year a guy named matt mclean and then we've got uh shane lowry and uh seamus power are both playing as well so i'll be i'll be closely watching the irish contingent as well yes and of course tiger it'll be interesting to see how tiger does yeah very interesting to see what happens there um, because Augusta is not an easy, it's not an easy golf course to walk. It's very hilly. Um, the TV does not do it justice at all. It's it's an incredibly uh, hilly golf course. And with his leg, that's going to be a huge challenge. I think he's got, he's got the game. It's just whether his, his body can hold up is the big question. Yeah. And, you know, um, so for those watching golf, I know you're a nutrition guy too. So is it okay to, to have a pint, to, to have a, uh, uh, to have a, uh, pimento cheese sandwich or have all the appetizers and kind of indulge a little bit while you're watching the golf hundred percent hundred percent get 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 in the master spirit i'm all about it you don't have to and and that, that you know it takes me to a, a a valid point here with the nutrition is you don't have to be perfect with 
with nutrition, right? You don't have to be hundred percent all of the time. So yeah, I mean, go for it. Have the, have the pimento cheese sandwiches and, and, uh, a couple of pints. Absolutely. They've got some great chocolate chip cookies over there as well. So get, get a chocolate chip cookie too. <laughs> yeah. Egg salad sandwich. Those are good too. So yeah. The egg salad sandwiches. That's right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate your time. It's good to see you again. And maybe we can run a marathon. I, I know you're not a, but maybe I can talk you into it sometime, but at least I'll see you at the Peachtree road race uh, coming up. Yes, July. for sure. We'll definitely connect, connect then Jason. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Good to see you as well. All right. Thanks Chris. And Chris also tells me, you know, when uh, he was introduced at age nine to the game of golf, it was love at first sight. So he still loves golf and, uh, you know, has been in the USA for the last almost 20 years. And uh, he believes strongly in, uh, you know, sharing his knowledge and his best practices with his peers and with his clients. And uh, he is he was actually on the National Strength and Conditioning Association Georgia State Advisory Board from 2010 to 2017. So uh, he really got to see behind the scenes of what people really need. So I enjoyed that conversation with Chris talking about golf and Gaelic football and Spartans. And, uh, you know, he uh, kind of didn't really make his predictions, but uh, picked who he thought uh, could win or who he wants to win at the Masters as this episode is coming out on uh, the first day of a full Masters play. I believe Tiger Woods tees off a little bit after 10 a.m. A lot of people will be paying very close attention to him, seeing if he makes the weekend and uh, seeing if uh, maybe one of uh, Chris's Irish friends uh, wins the tournament as well. So uh, again, uh, we uh, tend to close this newscast with prayer, so I'm going to do that now. Dear God, just thank you for this time together. And uh, Lord God, as we celebrate um, Good Friday and Easter, uh, let us focus on you, that we know that um, you you, uh, did an amazing thing. Uh, died on the cross for us when we didn't deserve it, and then rose again three days later. As we celebrated that on Easter, let us not forget that throughout the year, Lord God, that you gave us these bodies and that we use them uh, to their highest potential, Lord God, and that we give you glory every step of the way, every movement we make, that we can thank you for that, for what we have uh, in this world. In your name we pray, amen. And uh, thank you so much again for uh, joining us for Run the Race. Uh, We're over 150 episodes now over the last three plus years. Hard to believe we're still kind of trucking along here. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Tell others about it. Share it. Hashtag Run the Race. If you're on Apple Podcasts, the little purple microphone on your iPhone, make sure to scroll down to the bottom and you can write a review. Give me five stars if you like it. And write, you know, two or three sentences, what you like, what you don't like. Give me some tips. Give me some hints on what you would like to hear from this podcast. And we'll kind of keep this going. Uh, We've had some popular episodes lately talking about the Asbury Revival with a a local pastor. uh, Talking about uh, running. Uh, One of my most recent guests, uh, he's had a running streak for more than three years. A 71-year-old friend of mine, Steve. And uh, our next episodes, we're going to talk more about, um, you know, I may have a special bonus episode coming up. We'll see if I have time to do that uh, with some um, kind of faith stuff about Jesus when it comes to Easter weekend as we celebrate more than just uh, the bunny rabbits and the eggs. It's all about the empty tomb of Jesus. Until next time, y'all have a great one.